Welcome everyone to the uh, Candlelight services here at North. I am so glad that you are joining us in OKC. You look incredible. Come on, give it up for yourself. Yeah. And in Guthrie, you are amazing. And I want to say a special Merry Christmas to Pastor Hetty and Bernadette and the amazing kids that they have, Zell and Nia and Kenneth. Come on. And then all the North Church family in Guthrie, give it up for them. Would you do it? I would love for you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 1. A beautiful passage of scripture that I want to read, starting with verse number 18. And I want to go through verse number 25. Look what it says. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him, say it with me, Jesus. I want to talk to you today about a word that I pulled from this passage, fulfill. Fulfill. Now, you look at this. Go back at verse number 22. It says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message. All of this occurred. I want you to stop and think about your life for just a moment and all that may be happening with you. And consider that actually everything that's going on is a part of God using all of those things to fulfill his work in your life. Now, I think we can always identify the good things and say, oh, yeah, 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 but what about these bad things? You know, I, I realize it's not God's plan to want to bring bad in your life, but God takes whatever the devil throws that's bad in your life, and he turns it around for your good and your purpose. And he can even take that and fulfill his divine plan for your life. That word fulfill is, is so key. Matter of fact, here's a, here's a define. Look at this definition of it. To fulfill is to bring to completion or reality, achieve or realize. Something desired, promised, or predicted. Now get that for just a moment. All of us have those things that we have that we want to see fulfilled in our life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's job-related. Maybe it's education. 
Maybe it's a future spouse, but we all have those longings. We all have those desires. And sometimes when we look at Christmas and the story of Christmas, we, we sanitize it. We make it clean, crisp, and good. And actually this time of year we dress up a little bit more. We kind of put the smile on, the gifts. And really, Christmas and the actual story of Christmas was chaos. It was chaotic. It was painful. It was hard. It was difficult. Difficult for a young girl to ride many, many miles, most say 90 miles, on a donkey pretty much in her tri-semester, third tri-semester, before she had this child. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine giving birth in a manger? Could you imagine Joseph? And sometimes when we look at the story of Christmas, we focus on Mary or the baby Jesus. But today, today I want to focus on Joseph. And I want to look at Joseph's life a little bit because he had things that he wanted to see fulfilled in his life. And I'm going to break it down into three parts. And I'm going to talk about the disappointment of Christmas, the dream of Christmas, and finally the decision of Christmas. And let's look at first the disappointment of Christmas. Come on. For Joseph, it was disappointing. I mean, he had this girl that he had kept himself for. He had this girl that he was waiting on. He had this girl that, man, he was all excited about and was engaged to. They were going to soon be married. And all of a sudden, she shows up one day with the big announcement that she was pregnant. And can you imagine in his mind all that was going on, especially when in her delusionment she says, oh, an angel came and told me that I'm going to have the Son of God and I've actually never had sex with anyone. Now, could you imagine Joseph and what he is thinking? He's majorly disappointed. And he begins to plan his exit strategy. He begins to say, okay, I've got to do this, and this is what I do. I've got to get out of this. Now, now when, I, when I think about that, I was thinking about disappointment in regards to the um, candlelight experiences. Because I'm about to give you something that may disappoint some people, but I'm doing it for the overall good of everybody else. We are not going to announce, okay, we are not going to announce in Guthrie and also in OKC, we are not going to announce the winner of the 60-inch smart TV tonight. Okay, that makes it disappointing. But the reason why we changed this plan, and we're not going to do it now, but instead we're going to wait till Christmas Day, and we're going to announce it by email out to everybody, the winners of all four 60-inch smart TVs, is because I have noticed over the years that at the end of the service, when we have this great time, we've been worshiping Jesus, and it's Christmas celebrating, and the last thing we do is we draw the name out of the hat, and we say, this is the winner, that there is one person shouting, and there's hundreds of people that are disappointed. <laughs> and so I said, no more with that. At least you're going to leave today happy. And Christmas can be the time that you will be disappointed. <laughs> None of us like surprises. And Joseph got a surprise. And especially when that surprise is wrapped in disappointment. And maybe you're here right now and you have some surprises that have come your way that have been wrapped in disappointment. You're hurting. You're lonely. 
you've been surprised and you don't like it. Because I have found out that life will bring its disappointments. But I want you to understand this. Jesus didn't come. He didn't come to just rescue us from our disappointments. Jesus came to deliver us from our sins. You're going to have disappointments in life. You're going to have pain and suffering. You're going to have those things happen in your life that you really don't like. But always remember that Jesus is first your deliverer from sin. And he's came to rescue you. But I want you to write some of these things down because these are important to understand. When life disappoints you, remember, don't divorce yourself from what God is doing. And Joseph came that close to divorcing himself from what God was doing. Did you hear it? He was trying to get rid of Mary. He was trying to figure out how he can just get rid of her. And oftentimes when disappointment comes in our life, our first reaction is to disengage from it. Divorce ourselves from it. And I look at this and I, and I find this story is so amazing. Because oftentimes difficult seasons, we don't want to embrace them. But I'm going to challenge you today. Embrace difficult seasons as opportunities for you to grow in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact... When it comes to difficult seasons, remember this. For Joseph, his disappointment became his deliverer. Inside of Mary was growing the deliverer who would set him free and the world. And so what he first viewed as a disappointment in his life was actually his hope, his promise. And I have found that in my life and I believe that in your life. That whatever disappointment you have right now, God can actually turn it around as hope. As your deliverance and as a promise of something he can do. And if anything, when it's all said and done, you will see the grace in the hand of God that says he brought me through this. <laughs> Another thing too is when life disappoints, remain devout. Remain devout. I mean, it's so easy to check out. But keep being faithful. Keep doing the right things. Did you notice in the scripture it says that Joseph was a good man? In fact, other translations says that he was faithful to the law. In other words, he continued to do the right things. Even in how he was going to get rid of Mary showed his righteousness. Matter of fact, one translation says that he was a righteous man. Even in how he was going to handle this situation. Because by the Old Testament law, do you realize that this woman would have been brought before the spiritual leaders. And because of her idolatry, because she was pregnant and it wasn't Joseph, it was someone else. That she would have been stoned to death. But, but, but did you see what he did? He didn't want to publicly disgrace her. He didn't want to bring any more pain. And I'm telling you, in your moments when you are disappointed, don't reach out to hurt anyone else. Don't lash out at other people just because they lashed out at you because they brought pain your way. Don't return pain because that's the whole message of our deliverer. Don't offer revenge for the pain that you got in your life. And then, and then also this, when life disappoints, don't distance yourself, distance yourself from Jesus. Draw closer to Jesus. Because the first thing that he had was like, I'm going to get as far as I can away from this Jesus guy. That was the first response that he had. I'm sure it was. Because he's human just like me and you. But Joseph turned around and said, no, 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 no. 
And instead of in his disappointment running from Jesus, he ran to Jesus. And I see that happen so often. People make even dumb mistakes. Maybe you've made dumb mistakes. You know what you want to do? You want to run from church. You want to run from the people of God. No, no, no. That's the last thing you need to do. In those moments, you need to run to the church. You need to run to the people of God because that's where Jesus is. He loves you. So, the disappointment of Christmas, secondly, is the dream of Christmas. Let's talk about the dream of Christmas. As Shannon and I, just a couple of weeks ago, we were in uh, Savannah, Georgia, for a church planners event. And on the last evening, Shannon had noticed that there was a carriage ride that we could ride in town. And so we booked this carriage ride with uh, Pastor Clint and his wife, Lindsay, and there were some other pastors there, and so we did this carriage ride. And in the daytime, what, what Shannon thought and what I thought is that it's a historical tour of the city. And so you kind of go around the city, and you take this carriage ride, and it's a historical tour of the city, and they talk about landmarks and all the great places in Savannah, Georgia. And so we were all excited about that. But actually, when we got there that night, we found out that in the e- while the daytime, it's just that. It's a historical tour. In the evening time, it becomes a ghostly tour. I mean, Shannon was almost ready to back out, but I convinced her that I would protect her. I would guard her. And I love it. Men, you got to love that. I love those ghost stories because she snuggles a little closer. Like, protect me. And I'm like, mm, your knight in shining armor is here, baby. So we go through and ghost story after ghost story, ghost story after ghost story. We're enjoying the time together. It's, it's, it's fun. We're laughing. You know, we go back to our hotel room that night. We go to sleep. I have some bad dreams. I mean bad dreams. As bad a bad of a dream as I've ever had. I don't even remember exactly because Shannon was asking me afterwards what I actually did. All I know is somewhere in the middle of the night, I came, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Shannon was afraid the whole hotel was going to hear me. I came out of bed, ah! And Shannon's over the top of me, wake up, wake up. I was so happy that was a dream. When I came to, have you ever woke up and you're like, you couldn't be more happy to be alive? Dreams are real. You notice the scripture says that the angel said to him, first thing he said in the dream is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. No matter what, the disappointment, don't be afraid. You see, there's different types of dreams. You know, we have unrealistic dreams, we have daydreaming, we have dreaming about someone that we think is perfect and incredible, but then there's dreams that are dreams that you dream of that are idealistic dreams, that are hopes of a better tomorrow, that are visions of what could and should be if you just simply did what God wants you to do. And when it comes to dreams, what I have found out is that there are dreams that you have for your life, and there are dreams that God has for your life. And what I want you to do this Christmas season is weed through those dreams that are for you and what you want out of life and find the better dream, which is the dream that God has for you and what God wants for your life. One of the things that we did is 
when we went to some of the historical time during the day, we, we, we rode a Segway. If you haven't run a Segway, it's a great, man. We just have an awesome time. And we rode a Segway. And we went around, and one of the buildings we saw was something that I got off and took a picture. I'll show you the picture of right here. This is the second African church of Savannah, Georgia. So there's a first African church, and then there's a second African church. It dates back all the way to the slave days. What was interesting to me is that the plaque out there in the front of that is a plaque in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Because that was the first place that he had preached the I have a dream speech. It was the very first place. Now, I always thought it was, you know, the Washington Monument and there where he, before 250,000 people, gave that incredible vision of hope for a better world and a better America. And a dream from God. Because I really feel like Martin Luther King went past his dreams. Because actually he did not want to take that mantle. But that mantle was thrusted upon him. And so he took on the mantle to be able to speak out hope to a people. And as I heard about the first place, it just dawned on me. Oh, and then I heard that he would preached it in Atlanta. And he would preached it other places. And then I began to find out that there was versions of this message of the dream for much of his life. And it was all brought to a climax there at that one opportunity to speak before the world. And I'm saying this because don't let go of your dreams because the world will try to take your dream away. There will be people that try to take your dream away. There will be circumstances that will try to snap your dream away. There will be issues that will come in your life that will try to take it away. It could be a loss of a marriage, of a loss of a kid. It could be a relationship. It could be a job. It could be an education. Whatever it is. But do not let anything take away your passion and love and the dream that God has placed inside of you. And when disappointments come, hang on to the dream. Because they will come your life. Matter of fact, let me just say this. When it comes to dreams, let your God-given dream determine your destiny in life. Let your God-given dream determine your destiny in life. And secondly is this. Let the dream God gives you Drive your decisions. Don't let circumstances, don't let other people, let the God-given dream that he's placed inside you drive your decisions in life. Which brings me to the last thought. The decision of Christmas. The decision of Christmas. Sometimes I'm, there's parts of the day that I just don't like to make decisions. And one of those is when it comes to mealtime. I don't know of a time ever that Shannon's put something out there that I've ever been even disappointed at. She just, and if she says, let's go out to eat, I'm okay with that. If it's go here, if it's go there, I'm just okay. I'm just like, let's go do it. Matter of fact, I've got a friend of mine, uh, Gary Nelson, who is a very close friend of mine, one of our trustees in the church, that when I'm with him, anytime I go with him, I just let him make the decision on what I'm going to eat. I just said, you make the decision. Matter of fact, sometimes when I eat in certain sushi places, I will text him and say, hey, what should I eat here? And he'll send me back and I'll just give whatever he tells me 
to someone else because there's sometimes I just don't like to make decisions. I won't let somebody else make the decision. But I'm not that way in every area of my life. There's some areas that I want to make the decision. And when it comes to my relationship with Jesus, i got to tell you, there's a struggle that I have, and that's because I want to make some of the decisions, and sometimes I don't want to turn them over to Jesus. And I look at this story with Joseph, and you know what he was having to do? He was having to turn the decision-making process over to Jesus. And that's hard. Do you realize when Jesus was born, he was the first baby ever born who was older than his parents. Now chew on that. And I'm not talking about a few years. I'm talking about millennia and millennia and millennia. He's the first baby ever born wiser than his parents. Did you hear me, kids? And he's the only one ever born wiser than the parents. And what Mary and Joseph was having to raise is not them shaping a child, but a child shaping them. And when it comes to fulfilling all that God has for you, you got to come to the point of realizing who's going to make the decisions in my life. Did you notice this phrase in that passage? It says, as he considered, and then he fell into a dream. That is so significant. Because think about how many problems you could have eliminated in your life if you had just considered what you were about to do. Think about it. If you would have considered the circumstances, if you would have considered the pain it was going to cause somebody else, if you would have considered the regret that you're going to have, just think what would have happened if you would have just stepped back and considered what was going to go on. But I noticed this. He was given clear directions by God. When he came out of his dream, he made a choice. And he decided to do exactly what the Lord said. Did you notice? And he obeyed. And he did exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. He took Mary as his wife, and he named the baby what? Jesus. Jesus. So the question for you is, do you want to fulfill your life? You've got to decide today that you're going to obey Jesus in everything. In everything.